You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the will explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Welcome to Femsplain. Hi, Avalon. Hi, Diana. Welcome to Femsplain. And hi to no one else. No one else nope. is here. <laughs> just kidding. Or do what? What do if I just stayed quiet <laughs> for the whole episode, and then at the very end, you're like, "P.S. Blythe was here the whole time. Just watch." I couldn't remember if you were making a joke or if. Blythe wasn't supposed to start talking until after the band's play minute. We haven't been doing guests for very long. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. Blythe's here. You can do whatever you want. It's your podcast. That's true. <laughs> well, we're very excited that Blythe is here. But first, uh, before we talk about her, what is Femsplained, Avalon? Femsplained is this podcast that we do sometimes every week if we're on top of it, where we talk about different topics and our experiences with them. Usually they're related to nerd culture. Always they're related to our queer feminist lens get over it diana <laughs> everyone knows what the show is i i just don't want anybody to forget and i don't appreciate you being so hostile about it i yeah. i really enjoy this podcast <laughs> i think um and femsplained is a queer femme podcast as avalon has said where the femmes have the mic but we do invite all people of all genders to listen laugh love and learn with us uh and uh last week what did we talk about last week we talked about halloween and today yeah uh, that wasn't a real topic that was just a conversation yeah we just talked about how cool halloween is it's wicked cool <laughs> is this is the summation of that that's the scoop you should check it out if you haven't heard of it yeah it's called halloween yeah this new indie project called halloween <laughs> we think it's real neat um and before we get into today's topic uh, and allow Blythe to do some femsplaining, I wanted to see, Avalon, what has nerd culture done for you lately? Why are you going to start with me? Um, <laughs> did I say last time that I've been watching Legend of Korra? Yes. Fuck. Did I? <laughs> or did we just talk about it? We talked about it. On the podcast? Yeah. I made a baby costume. That's all I got. What is it? What did you make for that baby? It's a little toad oh, from Mario. That's so good. A lot of people think I mean frog. No, specifically. That is, yeah, that is what most people with babies would make, though, is just like generic frog costume. We were going to do... Did I talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, well, I made it. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Well, so uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, all right. So Avalon made a toad costume for a baby, which I think is really neat. Uh, as for me, um, I got to play Monster Prom last night for the first time. Uh, Avalon oh, was I did there. That too. So. Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> so you <laughs> So, uh, but I, I really liked it. Also, there was some stress beforehand because I could not figure out why the game would not open on my computer. It just straight up was crashing every time, every time, every time. And all of the forums on the internet was like, you need to update your graphics card. And I was like, this is 
a brand new gaming rig. There's no way that that is the problem. I went through and I tried to update everything. I did restarts and, and you know, um, <clears throat> uninstalled and reinstalled everything and did all those things and nothing was working. And finally, um, someone was like, was like just screenshotted or copy and pasted like a whole like paragraph from a, uh, from a forum that listed like all the different computer programs that could possibly interfere with it. And it happened to be, it, it was the stupid, my remote desktop for my work computer for working from home made it crash. So I know <laughs> I, I deleted my whole work computer of my computer. Yeah, quit my job. I quit my job. And now I can play this game about fucking monsters. So <laughs> I'm glad it was something that you couldn't have really possibly have known. Yeah. Something that I was really waiting for, dumb. especially because I posted about it on the internet. I was waiting for it to be like something super simple and really embarrassing. <laughs> um, so I was really glad that it was not uh, that. So that was really fun. And I'm looking forward to... Um, finding out how to date every single one of those monsters uh, and playing more of that. Blythe, what about you? How has nerd culture done for you lately? Um, I've been watching um, Avatar, The Last Airbender for the first time. Ooh. So that, that has been um, something that I've been doing with my partner. Uh, neither of us have watched it. So we've been really enjoying that. So when we do have time together, that's the thing we're watching. Um, when I... And when he is busy, which is often, I'm playing a lot of Animal Crossing because I finally got a Switch for the first time. <gasps> we love Switches. Yeah, we're yes. really, we're really yeah. into Switches. We're an all-Switch family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so super stoked about that. Um, and my therapist confirmed that Animal Crossing is self-care and therapy, and she supports it. And I was like, Thank you, you enabling therapist. I appreciate yeah. it. She needs to put that on the internet. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to Blythe's therapist for <laughs> bringing that notion into our lives. Indeed. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. Also, what I've been consuming recently has been like a lot of fantasy TV shows. Um, things like One Hit Die and AFK and... Um, you may not have heard of these shows, but I highly recommend looking them up. They are fantastic. Ooh, AFK. Why do I, I feel like I do know that one. It's like a show that's based on kind of World of Warcraft. Um, all, like, they don't say it, but it super is. So um, it's one of those, and like everyone wakes up actually in the game, in their characters. It's really kind of fun and interesting. So, um, and they don't know why they're in this game or trapped in this game or how they got there. Like, yeah, previously they were like playing WoW at home with their like super fancy gaming keyboards and mice. And then all of a sudden they're just like, oh, I'm like an elf now. How did that happen? So, um, so that's really, it's really fun. So. Oh, that sounds awesome. That. It's all on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Hey, hey. <laughs> um, that reminds me of the plot of Jumanji, the reboot, which we all love. We, and we all are going to talk about how you pronounce the word Jumanji. 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 Oh, it's like ja, <laughs> Jumanji. Jumanji? It, that's what, it sounds like you're saying ja. 
Jumanji. Okay. You say it, Diana. Jumanji. (laughs) Jumanji. Yes, that's how it's spelled and that's how it's said. Don't say it like I'm the weird one. Well, she says it so slow. Like, they they don't have time in that movie to say it that slowly. They're like, ah, Jumanji. Okay. I don't know what's happening. Okay. There, we could spend an entire episode just talking about how to pronounce Jumanji, honestly. And we will. Yeah, and we will. And that's this episode. Yes. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. What was the word that I said weird on an episode and you made me say it a million you, times? Every once in a while, you have a weird New York accent. This is just me failing to say a word correctly <laughs> but for you i was just making fun of your accent oh okay all right good. Uh, i don't remember what it was though uh, i'll think about I'm it i'm sure i'll remember um and okay so uh before we get to our topic proper we absolutely need a man to explain it to us first um and i'm sure that this is going to be good uh so francis please tell us about what we should talk about Putting one minute on the man watch and go. Voiceover work. I get it. Times are lean. Everyone wants a side hustle. And in the gig economy, there is no better gig than voiceover work. You can do it from your own home, just record, print, send, get paid. You don't have to drive an Uber, you don't have to deliver groceries, you don't have any coworkers. What's not to love? But not everybody can do voiceover work. Not everybody's gonna be the next Mel Blanc or, I don't know, the lady who did all the Rugrats voices. So save your money. Don't buy that Yeti microphone. Don't build a makeshift sound booth in your linen closet. Don't go to voiceover subreddits looking for feedback on your Meryl Streep impression. If you're looking for attention and a way to make a quick buck at home, just do what everyone else is doing. Start a podcast. And that's your Mansplain Minute. Can we talk about how I didn't know that Mansplain Minute theme song was a parody of another song? Yeah. Every once in a while, someone will reach out and be like, that's a real song. (laughs) I'm waiting for us to get big enough that somebody's mad about it. Yeah. No one will ever be mad about it. It's a parody. It's fine. But... I didn't know until I was listening to my brother, my brother and me podcast and Justin McElroy sang the original song. And I was like, wait, excuse me. Those are not the words. <laughs> I Could don't you imagine him singing our song. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to imagine that all the time now. Um, wait, That's what hilarious. is the original songs? I don't know. <gasps> what? It's ah. a New York minute. Yeah, oh. it's it's even like it's about it's like the state you live in. Yeah, like, whatever. I mean, being from New York doesn't mean you have to know anything about New York. Oh, I'm. Can I'm you quickly Google that song? Yeah, I gotta. Yeah, I did not know that I would be opening someone else's eyes to this <laughs> new <laughs> I, and exciting. I definitely information. thought that you you knew what was going on on your own podcast. No, I don't know anything <laughs> about this podcast. Okay, I can't tell what you're feeling right now. <laughs> I know the space. Disgust. Disappointment. Oh, wow. Regret. Do you have to like edit all of your <laughs> previous episodes now and get rid of the Mansplain Minute theme song? Make Francis write a new one? 
okay, so, okay, my reaction was so visceral because I was questioning whether or not I had the right song because the verse of it, just I could not imagine how it was going to get to that chorus. And I was just like, this is not, this can't be right. And the switch, it's just like, the femsplained, the mansplained minute version is so like campy and upbeat. And this is like, it's just so, it sounds sad. It's like very solemn. And I, uh, I want to commend Francis on doing such an accurate uh, <laughs> remake while completely changing it uh, in tone. So I'm very, I'm very proud of him right now. Wow, that uh, that was an experience. I am so glad that I could be here for that experience I, for you. I appreciate it. Anyway, <laughs> Blythe is here, as Frances has explained, to talk about uh, her experiences in voice acting and voiceover work, which is really exciting um, for many reasons. But I feel like it's very exciting for, for us personally because... Um, we've kind of gotten to like, see you get into that, uh, yeah. world and just take off with it. Yeah, for sure. I think you two have kind of been along for this journey basically from start until now. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. In like, in a way where it's kind of like, thanks to us. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> it's our, <laughs> I would never have considered voice acting if I hadn't met you two and then had my voiceover director at work put me in the booth but mostly if i hadn't met you two yeah yeah we yeah. do like to take credit for things <laughs> that is nice of you so okay so you 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 already just briefly kind of touched on the fact that um that's how you got started um with your director but um can you kind of give us it just because we usually go so far away from the topic really quickly um what what would you say if you had to describe like doing that kind of work describe voice acting as a career like what what does it look like to people on the inside for those of us on the outside for sure so i mean voice acting aptly named because you are in fact acting with only your voice um and i i know that sounds like a weird like, yeah, no kidding. But so many people out there like don't understand, like they think that voice acting is like doing impressions and it's super not. One of the hardest things about voice acting is like you have to maintain a character while also conveying an array of emotions. And it's really, really difficult sometimes. Um, so that is, that's kind of the the inside look at it is you're just and the weird thing too is you're in a booth pretty much by yourself so um in pretty much every other form of acting you you have like have another actor to kind of like play off of but with voice acting you have no audience you have no other actor it's just you in a booth uh usually with a director and an engineer uh if you even have that and you're just trying to do the best you can to act uh, in a way that's appropriate for whatever you're doing um, without having any outside forces whatsoever. It's all on you, so. 
Wow. Okay. So <clears throat> I, I knew some of that, but I was actually, I really was under the impression that you did have other actors nearby if you were doing things in the booth. I didn't realize that you were totally isolated like that. There are instances, um, but we're talking usually like large budget uh, animation cartoons, uh, like like things like, I think like Family Guy maybe has, has had some, some actors together to do scenes, maybe some like Simpsons or uh, like, I, I don't know. There are definitely some large, large budget animations that do have that happening. Um, but it's rare, right? It's, it's the exception to the rule, basically. I've seen like behind the scenes footage specifically of Toy Story that comes to mind where it's like only Tom Hanks and Tim Allen get to be together in the room and like <laughs> everyone else is probably working in isolation. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very weird experience. So since you started doing this, have you had any like, like what jump out as like some of the best experiences doing roles that you've had like the most fun or the most interesting or some combination well hands down um is my role as genevieve in borderlands 3 there specifically there's a moment um in my life where one of my uh writer friends for the franchise um you know i was already recording things he sat me down and he was like hey uh, we're going to have you do something kind of weird. And I was like, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty into weird. I'm sorry if there's noise in the background. I have a kitten who thinks everything is a toy. Um, so I'm just slowly taking things off of my desk and putting them in drawers <laughs> while good. I talk. Um, so, you know, listen, I'm, I have an, a background in improv comedy. So like, I'm very much yes. And I've performed, not only with them, but also like I did the Rocky Horror Show where we're like simulating horrible acts on stage, uh, you know, and like my mom and my grandma came to see that. So there's not a lot of lines for me uh, that I really need to draw. Um, so I was just like, okay, weird is usually okay for me. What is it? And he proceeds to tell me that uh, the character is going to be doing a series of mating calls to the local wildlife. Uh, so she's calling all of these local wildlife animals to attack the player. And she does so by simulating their mating calls. And they're very like monkey-like creatures. So he was like, basically, you're going to be making monkey sex noises. <laughs> and three words have never been better to me. I just was immediately <laughs> like, that's my whole career in a nutshell. <laughs> I've been preparing this, preparing for this moment for like 35 years. Let's go. I was, I was immediately like, yes, I'm ready. Let's do this. But definitely the weirdest thing I may ever do or be asked to do in a booth. Possibly. I may have already peaked is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like an unbeatable experience. Just to be asked that question, like, all right, this is what you're going to do. It's monkey sex noises. No, yeah, it was amazing. I was, um, I, I just don't know that there will ever, it'll be one of the greatest moments of my life, hands down. Well, 
We're all very proud of you. We want you to know. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it was like a hell of a launch too, because I feel like that was one of the earlier uh, projects that you took on and, and it's not a small one. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I got into voice acting in a really weird way. Um, I, I worked at Gearbox Software um, and they were having local internal employees kind of doing temporary voiceover. Uh, so we would do the, the voiceover for now until they kind of finalized what the script was going to be. And then they would bring in the professionals who would then do, the, do it properly and they would swap it out. But when I did the temporary for Genevieve, they were like, I don't think we need to hire someone for this. I think she just is Genevieve. So, um, so that was kind of a happy accident. That was a good but... flex, by the way. That was, just, <laughs> that was, that was great. <laughs> I, you know, Honestly, the whole time I kept expecting them to be, to realize their mistake and uh, be like, wait, uh, what, what are we doing? We need to hire a, an actual voice actor for this role. And they just never did. Um, and I'm very happy about it, but it also just kickstarted this journey for me um, because I just realized like, oh, I, I love this and I can do this at home and on my own time. Um, you know, I have a background in musical theater, but musical theater takes a lot of time and effort and uh, I didn't really have it to, to give. Um, so I just hadn't done a musical in a while. And I was like, okay, this, this could kind of scratch that itch. And I can like come home from my day job and do some auditions or some small projects with voiceover on the side, uh, but like, yeah, it, it was just very easy to, to kind of jump into that as opposed to like three months of rehearsals every night and then, you know, mm. a, a month of performances, which is just so hard to commit to the older you get. So, oh, yeah, I do. I do. I do miss that sometimes. Oh, <laughs> like listen, so I, I will go back to that. I will never leave musical theater ever. Uh, but there, there have just been times in my life where it's just not feasible. So, yeah. So I guess on the other side of that coin, I, and I hate to do this to you, but have you had any like icky experiences? Have you had any negative, uh, uh, interactions or experiences? You don't have to be specific or sure, <laughs> burn any sure. bridges or anything, but yeah. Uh, I, there have been. There have been most times when I walk out of a booth, I'm elated, but there have definitely been times when I've walked out of the booth and like had to run to the bathroom and have a quick cry. Um, not necessarily because of like how I'm being treated or how the director is or whatever like that, but just like sometimes you just can't get something or you can't get the performance that the director is going for, for whatever reason. And it's just really frustrating. It can be really frustrating. Um, so, you know, there, there was a part in Borderlands 3 that I was auditioning for and it was just very difficult. And we were just sort of like um, piling all these different things on top. And, and so it was like, okay, well, we're gonna start with this base, but now make it like you hear voices in your head, but now make it like, I, I need you to like scream certain words, but only some of the words, but make them weird words. And so we're like, creating this weird Jenga tower where, and then by the time we got to the end, there were so many things I was having to keep in my brain to try and find this character that I, I was just like losing pieces. Pieces were being dropped, balls were being dropped. And I was just like, I, I can't 
like this isn't happening for me. And I didn't get the part and that was the right choice. <laughs> um, but when I came out of that session, I was just frustrated. And like I said, nothing because of the director or anything like that. It just, it just wasn't a character that I was able to find in that moment. And part of voiceover is finding a character and finding them fast and just, cause you gotta go. You don't have a lot of time. It's just like, go do the thing and do it right now. So, um, mm. so those moments are, are kind of frustrating when you're like, this just isn't for me, which is fine. And that's part of being an actor is like knowing what works for you, what you're good at. But in those moments when you're like, this, this is what I'm bad at, it can feel bad. Ooh, I don't like thinking about that at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't like to know that I'm bad at things. It's so it sounds like you are walking into the booth or recording situations and it's not like you have prep time or sort of character study time which is what I would assume you would have as someone with no acting experience. It definitely depends on the project for sure. Um, now I've been talking a lot about my experience with Borderlands 3 uh, specifically uh, so you know video games and whatnot which um, those sorts of things, yeah, you, you usually don't get time to study because, well, and you usually don't get a copy of the script because they don't want it leaking. Oh. So, right. Uh, that makes sense. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, it's just a liability to send that stuff out. And so it's just, yeah. So oftentimes you're walking into the booth and sometimes you're booked for one thing and you do the one thing and they're like, oh, also we have these other characters, like two or three lines for this character or that character that we want you to do. And you're like, okay, sure, I'm gonna do that. But also like, I have no idea what we're doing here, which makes the, the job of the director really hard as well because they have to convey an entire character to you, a person who has no idea, oftentimes doesn't even know what the video game is like. Um, or, or maybe even the story to convey like what the story is that is being told, how your character plays into it, the essence of that character, like in a what matter they're of looking moments, for, like, right? yeah. what, yeah, what that director is looking for. And then just like go. So now to be fair, I want to be clear here. If you get into voice acting, which you can do, um, at, you know, like, if, but if you're just doing it from home and kind of trying it out, there's a lot of projects out there. They're going to be smaller things, um, audio fiction or indie games. And you may have some more time there. You may, especially for audio fiction, they're going to send the script to you. You're going to get time. Um, oftentimes those sessions are self-directed. So you do want to look over the script, really read it, figure out what this character is. And then you're kind of directing yourself in those sessions and trying to get your own best performance, which can also be uh, difficult. Yeah, that's, that's really, that's really hard. Right. Yeah. So it just depends on what you're doing. It's kind of all over the place, to be honest with you. Do you personally find it harder to self-direct because you're not getting feedback? Um, I will admit, I know that I'm not getting my best performances. I know that when I have a director there pushing me, um, that's when I'm gonna step outside of my own box because they're pointing me in directions that maybe I wouldn't have thought of. And those are the moments when you're gonna get things out of me that I would not have done on my own, like hands down, that, that's the only way to do that. You can try to do that self-directing, but you can 
like you are yourself. You can only do so much to yeah. not be yourself. Yeah. So your, your brain works how it works. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's the difference between like when you like try to do a workout on your own and when you have a, like oh, a, a class, trainer. a class instructor or personal trainer yeah. or whatever, like, like I'm gonna stop doing the crunches when it starts to hurt, but <laughs> then right. there's somebody yelling at me. <laughs> Someone needs to tell me there's a fire inside me. I don't know that on my own. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> um, one thing, and this is a very basic question that I was embarrassed to ask, but decided to, uh, but then you hinted at it at the beginning. What's the difference between VO and VA? Is there a difference? There's not. Uh, VO stands for voiceover. VA right. stands for voice acting. It is the same thing. Um, sometimes VA will be voice actors. So it also depends how it's used. It's this weird thing where different people from oftentimes different areas of, of voice acting will call it something completely different. Uh, sometimes for like commercial and things, there's less acting involved. So that's like voiceover. Sometimes it, it's called voiceover more frequently that way because there is less acting. Um, but, but it's also not, not consistent necessarily. And it's very much, you can kind of swap it, swap it in and out and anybody's going to know what you're talking about if they have industry experience at all. Cool. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, I feel less dumb. No dumb questions. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's just no one knows. So that makes me feel better for not knowing. Yeah. Accurate. I would want to know what is, I know that you really liked the role of Genevieve. Um, have you had any roles that you've played where it was just like, this is, per this is absolutely perfect. Like this is me. <laughs> oh yeah. So there's, there's a character that um, I play in an audio fiction podcast that I just love so much. Um, it, the podcast is called The One Stars um, and the character is called Chatbot. And so here's the thing. I've apparently found that my niche is just AI characters. Yeah. Like sweet, sweet sounding AI characters. Um, sometimes they're also murderous AI characters, but that's just, that's my thing apparently. So lean in, right? Um, but so I play this character called Chatbot. She's also an AI and, um, but she's a very optimistic and sweet AI and everything is just like, it, it's a certain, not all of me is like this. Don't get me wrong. Um, but <laughs> there's just a certain like sweet, upbeat optimism to chatbot that is so fun to play. And it definitely is a part of me. It's sometimes a part of me that gets beaten down by the rest of me. So it's kind of fun to let out that part and just be like, here you go. Like extreme optimism, go for it. There's no one here to be like, well, let's be realistic here for just a second, which is definitely more how my brain works in the normal Right, world. right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like getting to, getting to kind of free one part of your personality a little bit. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty great. Avalon, what kind, what do you, what would you think would be your niche uh, if you suddenly got into voice acting? What, what characters would be your, uh, what would you get typecast as? Um, I think that I can most reliably be, so I think like me as a person would be sarcastic and undercutting. Um, I think I can do bubbly pretty well 
and I think I can do like very sultry pretty well. Yeah. But I can't do any accents. Accents are so hard, especially if you're not like trained or haven't spent a lot of time really perfecting them. It, they're so hard. Yeah. I, I just have stayed out of that realm for the most part. I've submitted a few auditions with accents and I, oh gosh. In fact, I was a part of um, a competition where the last round required an Irish accent. Ooh, that's a hard one too. <laughs> Actually, maybe it was Scottish. I think it was that's Scottish, good. which is hard harder for yeah, me harder. personally. And it's uh, harder not to accidentally get pulled towards Irish while you're doing it. Yes, yeah. that is the problem. Uh, that was the problem for me. It made me so angry that I almost didn't submit my entry to that contest. That is how angry it made me. So I just stay away. In fact, I never released that audio. And I think I'm going to do like a, hey, if I can get to like this amount of followers, I'll finally release this thing. I never, that I was always too angry to put out. Yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> I do too. Avalon, yeah, I could see you doing, um, I could see you getting shoehorned into sultry. Is I think... I, you did that a couple yeah. times last night uh, on the in the uh, monster prom game. It <laughs> was it, so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was. But um, it was very yeah. good. I specifically remember um, in high school we had a project where we had to like come up with a fake business and make a fake commercial for it. So I did the voiceover for it, and I got like asked to stay after class to like, why were you being so sexy? And I was really just trying to be like very professional. And like oh, no. tempting in like a normal business way, like, cause it was for a candy store. It was really not supposed to be sexual. And people like gave me a lot of shit for it. Like I was doing it for attention. Oh or... my God, I hate everyone. <laughs> and so I've been like really nervous about the perception of my series voice since then. Can we hear a recreation of that? No. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, in hindsight, it was probably like very truly unintentionally, but like the whole candy thing, like was probably lending itself to the sexual nature. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately that that's yeah. probably true. And also like you were a child. How do you I know? know? I know. And the fact that like I had a male teacher, like uh, talk oh to me gosh. about my perception. Yuck. Um, and then I did, how, uh, how did you like ever speak again? I'm pretty sure I would have shut down forever. I, I think like, I probably well, did. I'm well, I think out. I had been shut down up until that point. And then I was like, well, sure as hell. I'm not gonna, well, <laughs> I'm now not gonna we be comfortable know. now. Now um, we know why Avalon struggles with being vulnerable. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then in college, I, I ran the radio station for a little bit. So I got a little npr -y for a while with like over-articulation and like- Also that soothing, voice. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I could do that. That's that's about it though. Can, I, can we just, all right. So I think it's really funny that you brought up having to make a fake commercial in college because I also had that project for like a, like a, I think it was for like a digital design class, which I should not have oh. been in um, because I don't have any interest or skills in that area, but I, <laughs> Um, I think I had to have an art credit or something and I had to make a fake 
a fake advertisement for a fake company, and it was supposed to be to practice advertising techniques, and my stupid baby feminist brain was like, don't do that. Instead, make a commentary. And I made, <laughs> I made basically a gender-swapped Axe commercial or a body spray, but instead of, you know, remember those Axe commercials where like hordes of women. Remember how they assaulted you in the movie theater when you were just like trying to watch Pokemon with your grandma? (laughs) Yeah. And they were just like chasing (laughs) a man down a mountain and like, yeah, it was really, 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 truly weird. And so I, I got together a bunch of my friends and had them like pose for these pictures where they were like climbing over furniture and like 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 pushing pushing cabinets out of the way and like trying to crawl all over each other to like attack this woman and i was like wear this body spray men will jump you and uh showed it and everybody in the class was like this makes me deeply uncomfortable and i was like yeah it should and it should make yeah. everyone uncomfortable and the but the professor was like but you don't understand we don't the point was to make us want to buy the product we don't want to buy the product so you fail this project <laughs> and i was like but you're thinking about me <laughs> you're asking questions now aren't you yeah so i did my job i'll take that f but i i did what i wanted to do not what you asked me to at all I feel like that was worth it. Yeah. (laughs) So one of the things you're saying, Blythe, and I am making this about me more than I would like for, so I'm just calling myself out, is that it feels like you're you're feeling like really fun leaning into these AI characters. um, And for me, the closest I get to doing anything silly with my voice is like running D&D games, right? And I find that if I have to be like a people character, I, I can't commit to an accent or I can't commit to a personality and I like get really in my head and I feel weird. But anytime my players encounter like an animal that can talk, I go balls to the wall <laughs> with a voice. So I'm wondering Whoa. if it's liberating to be like AI in some way. Um, yeah, well, AI I feel like is is really easy because even if they have emotions, they don't really have the ability to convey them usually. Mm. So, you know, there's like this, just this natural, like, hello, I'm, I'm pleasant and I'm always smiling and you can hear the smile in my voice, even if I'm telling you I want to murder you. And this is, it's just the nicest way to be told that you're about to die. And it's just easy. It's just easy. Like literally all you have to do to put a smile in your voice is to actually smile and you're done. So, um, which I, I'm sure that it would be difficult for other people. Um, but for me, it's just really, really simple. Um, if I can kind of analyze you for a second or not necessarily you, but like kind of why your, your brain and, and why things are easier to commit to, here's the thing. An accent is not something you can picture. Mm. You can picture like an Irishman, sure, but he's still a person and he's still talking in a way that is similar to the way that you speak, but just slightly different. 
Whereas with an animal creature, you can picture that animal and you can go, okay, like this is a deer. What does a deer sound like? They're very sweet. They've got their big doe eyes and they're like, you know, like you have a picture in your mind of what that thing sounds like, but it's not changing the way you speak English. Mm. It's literally like you're pitching. If you have a squirrel, it's going to be a little bit higher. You just pitch that voice up and you're done here. So it's easier to latch on to a character and be like, this is like where I'm going to push my voice, but pushing your accent is a whole different thing. It's 100% different. Do not, do not go hard on yourself for not being able to do that. It's a skill and it's a weird muscle memory thing. And you have to practice it for hours and hours and hours. If you're going to be any good at it, or you just have to be like naturally a weirdo who's good at that sort of thing. It's not most people. Yeah. It's not me. I have noticed that when I do learn how to do an accent, any other previous accent I knew how to do goes away. Like I will, I will attempt to do like an English accent and it will like, I will just go and start veering towards whatever the latest thing that I've done is like, I don't know. There's just, there's so much, I think the muscle memory thing is is definitely a strong component. Yeah, 100%. You, you really have to be able to stick to a thing if you're going to do it. And it's it's just harder than people think it is. Especially, like I said, if you're trying to act while you hold right. that accent, forget it. It just... Right. Yeah. And there's nothing visual to distract people from minor mistakes in your accent too because it's just audio like you can't like you can't like do some trickery uh (laughs) very true um diana what's your type what's my type or your my voice my 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 acting type what i would yeah what would be your pigeonhole um i think like Oh no. Like, I mean, yes, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that that, that would be where I would land. Oh no. I'm trying to think if I've heard you do other things that I, that like really stand out that I would associate with you. What about like a classic New Yorker? You're from New York. Can you, can you imitate the other people from New York? I, okay, I guess so. And I, I hate doing it, but I've done it a lot in this, in this werewolf game we're playing because yes, uh, it takes place in a big city. And um, I, you know, that's just my go-to for every time they encounter a taxi driver uh, <laughs> or whatever. And people have seemed to like that, which I guess, I guess is fair. I, it's very, it's always very weird to me because um, I, I, you know, I grew up in New York and I obviously have some sort of New York accent, but like the TV New York accent is a made up thing. Like it's not, it's, it's like, it's like a very, very specific Bronx Italian and not like a actual like New York general accent. Yeah. And it makes it very easy to do because it is inherently a parody of something so like you can't really do a new york accent badly because it is a it's a joke like on uh in and of itself already um and i think i think the harder one to do accurately 
is like the the Long Island like like Hampton accent, like the oh yeah, that's kind of like the drawl of the New York accent. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole personally. <laughs> yeah. But I, most people feel that way. That's funny. Yeah, I uh, grew up in Tennessee like my whole life, and I don't know if that's something that I cannot tap into because I tried so hard not to have a Southern accent or if I just refuse to. But sometimes I feel like I could put that in a game and then I'm just like, don't unlock the door. <laughs> I always like the idea of, but I haven't really ever heard anybody totally lean into it, is to erase all of the like European-based accents from a high fantasy game setting and replace them all with like regional US accents. So like to give somebody like a North Dakotan, uh, like to like North Dakotan dwarves and Southern elves, and, like New York orcs um, and have it be those kinds of accents, which I really like that in theory, but I, I haven't heard it done yet. So I might regret <laughs> saying that. Yeah, I I feel like it's a brilliant idea and I feel like I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel like it would make me so angry. I would just be like, elves don't sound like that. Yeah. Flip a nerd table. Yeah. Where would elves be from? Because I'm it's it's not the South. Oh, okay. So, all right. In the regional US. I feel like it's California. So you're, you're picturing the elves being like crunchy, crunchy Californian? No, or would I, they be like surfers? They could be. I mean, Cal so California is so long that it, it, it enables you to get different kinds of elves, right? So right. you could have like Northern California, you could have like San Francisco elves. But I feel like the elitism <laughs> is in that state. Oh. And I'm not getting it from any other region. It's right. the elitism that I'm, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get that. And then yeah. who, and who comes from Florida? Oh my God. Who, who's the most annoying, like fantasy trope? Uh, like, not just like annoying, but like, fucking their shit up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess then I guess then the humans have to all be from Florida. There you go. Yeah, yes, the humans have the to all be from Florida, and all then, Florida. And then the dwarves, I think, are from like the, the the Rockies, like maybe like Appalachia. Okay, yeah, because of mining. Yeah, yeah, exact that tracks. I, I like that. All right, let's let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Blythe do all of it. Blythe do right. every single one of these voices for us. Quick, New York orc. They'll all sound the same. You're a New York orc. You hear voices. Scream no. every other word. Scream. Go. We're not, we're not making Blythe cry on this podcast. Damn. Damn. Oh, and we tried so hard. Yes. Um, <laughs> a New York orc Blythe, but they also are secretly an AI that has a really positive outlook on life. Wow. Yeah, that's, no, that's not my specialty. <laughs> that's, uh-huh, that's where I would go, oh, interesting, pass. <laughs> I think that it's, it's kind of cool that you do pass. 
I would imagine that some people, maybe there's a level of uh, maybe not knowing themselves as a performer slash desperation where they would just be like, I have to make myself go there. And I think having that sense of perspective is probably healthier for you. Yeah, I mean, there, you definitely want to push yourself outside of your comfort zone um, once in a while. And sometimes like pushing myself outside of my comfort zone has resulted in me getting the part. Uh, and I was very surprised about it. But uh, but yeah, if you just can't, there have been times where I've recorded auditions and listened back and been like, this is just bad. Good for me for trying it. I'm not submitting this. So you know, it's, it's a weird thing to have to be your own, again, your own director and just be like, no, this good shot tiger. Yeah. That's a hard perspective to have. Like it's, it's not easy to have that and find a balance between being overly critical of yourself and being too generous to yourself. Like there's a really fine little space to, to, find where to live in that. For sure. Um, yeah. And it, it helps that I've been performing and acting since I was like eight years old. Um, earlier, if you want to get technical, um, I was on stage for the first time at two years old. So there's that, but at like truly acting started when I was eight. So, so of course I've consumed a lot of other people acting and what they do. Um, on stage, but I mean, we've all, we've all watched cartoons as well, anime and things like that. So you do have kind of a, uh, most people, even if they don't realize it, do have kind of a good sense of like, does this sound good? Um, and so you just, but keeping that voice out, that's the overly critical, you suck voice, which we all have, uh, keeping that voice at least mostly out because you do like you said, you still want a little bit of that to come in and be like, mm, maybe you shouldn't send this to a casting director. You don't want them to hear you like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, it's a weird, it's a weird line to walk. Via work can be applied right across a lot of different types of mediums. Um, but since you mentioned animation versus video games, things like that, I'd imagine what they're looking for is is super different. Uh, video games, I would think it would be like, say, one million lines so that we can sort of swap them in and out. Um, but do you have a preference or a goal or between those different styles? I mean, for me personally, like I don't because I'm not I'm not really making this a career and I don't really intend to make that switch and and fully try to make it a career ever probably um i like stability too much i always have liked stability that's why i've never tried to make performing a career um so for me i'm just kind of in it for like whatever i can do i love to bring things bring characters to life i love to help tell stories i love to be a part of something bigger um i do want to like kind of dabble in the commercial voiceover realm as well, just because I've done some in the past and I, I don't know, I enjoyed it. Um, I can't really articulate why I find it fun, to be honest with you, like voicing a commercial. It's, I guess, I guess voicing commercials is sort of its own AI character. Mm, uh, yeah. Now that I, now that I kind of think about it, 
you're not really portraying a character. You're just portraying this like one dimensional, very like, no matter what it is, whether it's like a kid's cartoon and you're like very excited and like get everybody to stay and hey kids come and watch the thing. Or if you're like trying to sell like female products, feminine products, and you're very like soft-spoken and blah, blah, blah. Or if you're trying to like sell cars and like come on, (laughs) but it's all very much like there's all one level. Um, Wow, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's one of those things like you don't realize it until you kind of start analyzing it. Um, But finding those different levels and really staying in them is weirdly enjoyable to me for some reason. So... Uh, which I think is why I enjoy those AI characters as well. Um, so I do want to kind of get over to, back over to that side of things as well. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of dabbling in everything. Uh, audio fiction, I will say, is kind of the community theater of voice acting. Um, there's not a lot of money in it, and it's mostly just people telling stories kind of coming together and putting together a ragtag group of people who just love what they're doing so much. They don't care if they're not making very much money or sometimes any money. Um, so audio fiction is, is definitely that, that thing that I've always done with community theater. And so I, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that sort of storytelling aspect of it. Uh, so I'm enjoying that a lot, but yeah. And video games, you're absolutely right. It's like, do this same, like, here's like 10 ways to say the same thing. Like, hey, you're throwing a grenade. It's the same action, and but it's different words. And like here, say it these 10 different ways. And you're just like, okay, but make it different. And you're, it's a whole different like muscle that you have to kind of flex. Um, but it's also really enjoyable. It's really over the top. It's really like there's oftentimes yeah. a lot of screaming and yelling and um, but, you know, there's not a lot of that in anything else, basically. Yeah. So, you know, every every voice acting kind of sector has something different. So that is really cool. I'm, I'm a weird I'm a weirdo who like I like all of them. <laughs> I like that so much. We so we we try we don't always, but we try in every episode to um, come up with some sort of homework for each other to engage with uh, the topic of the podcast. Um, And sometimes that has to get more abstract than other times. Um, But how would you suggest that two non-voice actors try to go out and engage with voice acting to, to learn about it? You're going to hate what I'm about to say. I'm excited that you said that. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I know you do, Avalon. In fact, when I was, I was like, oh, Avalon's going to hate this. Um, there is a website called castingcall.club. Dot club. It's, yes. <laughs> I know. It's weird, right? It's an online strip joint. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's an online casting couch, if you will. Uh, no, it's not. Um, so what... It's, it's kind of where everyone starts when they're just kind of testing things out. Cool. My dog has decided she wants to chew on the cat bed. No, thank you. Um, there we go. So casting call club is kind of where everyone who's doing it at, like kind of checking it out for the first time in their own, at, in their own home and kind of dabbling. That's where you start. 
what I would love for both of you to do is to go on to Casting Call Club. Here's the thing, you don't have to submit anything, but I would love for you to kind of go through some auditions, find a character that you like, and record your own audition. You don't have to submit it. I know that Avalon is seething right now, but I love this. I'm so excited. I do think it's like a really fun homework. It's like a really well thought out and fun homework. It is. The- <laughs> Sometimes my homework is just like, find the raunchiest fanfic that you can. So this does feel much better. The other thing about Casting Call Club is you can actually hear other people's auditions. So maybe don't listen to any to the one that you're gonna record but go into other auditions and listen to those. Listen to what people are doing. Some of them are brand new and they don't know what they're doing and it's bad. Some of them are like 12 years old. Some of them are just, I've I've auditioned on Casting Call Club. So you'll get people who have like professional setups and experience as well. You will hear a wide range of auditions. I highly recommend just going in, listening to some things, and then picking one that you like. Don't listen to anything because you'll just try to imitate. You'll just overthink. Yeah, Don't listen to anything. Yeah, no just record it. I love it. I'm going to do that. Uh, that's a really good homework. <laughs> Avalon's going to do it. If you need help <laughs> finding projects, let me know. That's really Casting exciting. Casting Call Club is also like the thrift store of auditions, uh, which maybe doesn't matter because you guys won't necessarily submit for it. Um, but there's a lot, again, there's a lot of like 12 year olds on the site. So you're going to find a lot of projects where it's like, how old are you? And they are in fact, like 12 year old children. Like I wrote a comic and I want to voice it. I want to hire people to voice it. And it's cool that they have that, but you do have to wade through that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then, and then you'll find their audition lines are like, Hey, you, stop doing that thing. And you're just like, I can't work with this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. You know? right. It's very precious that, that they're trying and it's a great, you know. Well, that's fascinating. How do they mm. even have the proactivity to like s- seek out voice you know what? for projects? I was a baby Sailor Moon fan, as you two know, but the audience may not know. That was my intro to nerd- nerdery and nerddom. I got together with some friends in high school and we made our own Sailor Moon fan site and we were like creating original content and I was doing weirdly I didn't never even thought about this I was recording uh you know at the end of the episodes of the old Deke episodes there was a Sailor Moon says yeah, and so I was doing like parodies of those and I was recording oh. it at home and posting them and I did not even think about that until just this moment that was like yeah maybe one of one of my earlier like dabbling into voiceover. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. That is cool. wild. Yeah. Oh, I'm all... excited to find out more about this. I'm going to look into it. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just saying we, we were doing some weird things as teenagers and I feel like. Yeah. But outsourcing to me is like this whole other level. I mean, I was getting together with friends to do things and this is just a way of finding other people. I don't know. It's just, it's a, if anyone, and like all kids these days kind of, for some reason, realize that voice acting is a thing that you can do, which I had no concept of that. I was watching cartoons and anime, but like, it didn't ever occur to me. Right. Like, 
these are people doing this thing and I could do it too. But apparently it's like really common now. Like yeah. kids just realize that inherently. So they go online and they look for ways to do it and how to do it. And they wind up on casting club. No, I just thought the Ninja Turtles were real. Yeah, I, they I, are. Diana. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I really, as a kid did not make distinctions like that. Yeah. <laughs> the real turtles were in the booth voicing the cartoon turtles yeah. based on their lives. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right what are we all doing after this tell me about your days avalon oh it's it's halloween so Ugh. hopefully everyone is doing something uh, vaguely vaguely halloweeny safe halloweeny yeah safe halloweeny mm-hmm. um we're gonna i was telling diana before we started recording we have moved recently we have a much bigger backyard so we're doing like social distance backyard oh. movies sometimes so we have the couple that we play D with is going to come sit very far away from us and stare at a wall movie <laughs> and they are trying to decide what movie is halloweeny but not inappropriate to yeah. potentially expose the neighborhood children to because it's right on the side of the house yeah i like that that's an interesting line to walk yeah yeah which is not something that Francis immediately thought of when he was suggesting things that are like probably not okay <laughs> <laughs> to put on a wall. And also like not just the image, but like the, the audio. Sound, yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh my God. Blythe, <laughs> what about you? What are your Halloween plans? Um, I have been streaming with some friends every Saturday, basically since the quarantine started. Um, so a friend of ours who who does music. Uh, Sarah Donner she writes a lot of music uh, and a lot of songs about cats so uh, if you're yeah. into like singer songwritery stuff and cats you should follow Sarah Donner um, she also rescues them and she has like a 24-hour live cam of all the kittens that she fosters wow. Avalon just lit up like a Christmas tree <laughs> she's single <laughs> no but I think they're open so yes kind of ding, ding. um so there you go. Um, and so we've been streaming and it's Saturday and everyone was like, well, it's Halloween. Should we stream? And I was like, well, what else are we going to do? So uh, I'm going to be putting on a unicorn onesie and playing some Jackbox games tonight Aww. on our Quarantina Palooza episode 33. Uh, nice. Oh my God. Okay. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, I will be putting in some fake fangs and maybe other components of a costume. We'll see. Uh, and playing some Werewolf the Apocalypse for our finale of Four Phases tonight, which is making me sad but excited yeah. in the same breath. I'm sad that I don't get to watch this one. Mm. Yeah, but you'll you can catch up. But that's kind of my MO to not watch the last season of things because I don't want to admit that they're over. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just never watch it. That, oh, great. Thank you for your support. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay. You know what? You could you could put it on and then just mute it and let it play in the background. That way, Diana gets the views. Oh, I always Wait. let it play when Diana's on. <laughs> Perfect. Then, you know, you don't have to if I can't, I, If I can't engage, I always have it running. <laughs> I appreciate Perfect. that. That's actually yeah. very sweet. That <laughs> it is. Oh, well, I, I hope that we all find our ways to make this Halloween as Halloween-y as possible and that we have as much fun as possible uh, despite the everything. Um, but 
it's also okay if Halloween is a bust because everything is kind of a bust right now. So don't worry about it. Uh, if you have a lot of anxiety out there, like I do about making holidays something special uh, during this time, it, it, yeah. if you fail at it, it, it's not your failure. It's the world's failure. So that's- yeah. But the word fail is still there. The word fail is still there. Fail, fail, <laughs> but fail. It is, but it's someone else's <laughs> fault, not yours. Uh, my heart clench every time you said it I'm sorry <laughs> it's okay. but you just you know do your best to to just find little sparks of enjoyment and that is it Blythe thank you for coming on this podcast thank you. this was an inevitable uh collaboration and I'm very happy we got to make it happen I'm so yes. glad that you guys invited me this is like my home away from home as far as podcasts go. So yeah. I'm excited to like finally get to be a part of it. Aww. And Avalon, you get out of here. That made me bad. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Bye.